Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of BU with Declan Edwards. Today, I am joined by the incredible Jacob Hodson from New Strength. He is actually a good friend of ours, very close to part of the team of BU. You'll find that out in, in the interview. We've actually just wrapped up the interview, and let me promise you, I feel like I say this every time, but this is one not to be missed. Um, I was actually surprised by how deep Jacob and I went in this interview. I knew part of what I wanted to ask Jacob about, but what we ended up speaking about really exceeded my expectations. And the amount of profound life lessons that we discussed really touched me. Now we cover everything from the mindset and mentality that goes into becoming New South Wales strongest man under 90 kilos, which Jacob is now, through to the impact of mentors can they, they can have on your life from a very young age and the ripple effect looking back on how working in one area of your life and improving one area of your life can play out in every other area as well. It really is a profound interview. I'm very, very excited for you guys to hear it. So without further ado, we're going to welcome Jacob onto the podcast. Let's do it. Jacob, mate, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for spending some time in studio today and ready to give some really cool knowledge on the podcast. For those listening, I will uh, give them a little bit of background before I throw to you to tell your story because I think you're going to tell it a lot better than I do. Um, we obviously have sort of connected with each other in many different ways over the last year and a bit where, I mean, obviously Jess, who's one of our coaches, is your fiance. I think you and I first informally were introduced to each other through Stacey, who's one of your clients and one of our clients. And just through basically being in each other's circles, we really started to connect and I loved coming to uh, Burgers, Beers and Deadlifts Night. It was a great night and a lot of fun and a great initiative and really finding out more about you guys and about new strength and the difference and impact you're making. And before we actually went live on the recording, um, you said something which I love because I'm going to bring it up before we even go into the depths of things. Like the gym is a vehicle. Uh, for the you know for the conversations we want to have and the change we want to make and I think that's so powerful and I can't wait to dive into that but before we do dive into the depths of it um, and I'd love to hand over to you and you can share a bit of your story a bit of your background with what got you passionate about this um, to our listeners yeah cool thanks for having me Declan I guess the uh I'm Jacob I'm now the co-owner of a gym called New Strength that's in in Newcastle and um I guess I started my own journey with training. Like I was this not very confident kid. Like I was uh, skinny fat for lack of a better term, uh, not very athletic, but then I kind of, I was probably an early bloomer in terms of I got bigger quickly, which then I'd never played league or anything like that. I played a bit of soccer. I watched people play soccer while I was on the field with them. It's probably a little bit more accurate to describe it. Uh, but all my friends were in the league and I finally was like, screw it. I'm playing this. They're like, dude, you're getting big. Like, you gotta, you gotta come play. And it kind of kicked me off, and I, I actually got pretty good at it, mainly because I was a bigger kid at a younger age, and that got me into this thing. And I was like, "How do I get better at this?" I was like, "I'm gonna play in the NRL, pretty much." But that's not really accurate from what what ended up with that. But I found strength training as a way to do that. Like I'd always been fascinated by like you know Hercules, Arnold, those sort of things when I was younger, and like this idea of being strong was always something that resonated with me that was really cool. And I found strength training through. I think uh, one of my best friends, his uncle was really into the gym and uh, they basically like showed us how to start and that sort of thing. And I went from where I was getting physically stronger, but then all of a sudden I found 
the big change was that I started being more confident. Mm. I was a guy that wasn't very confident talking to girls and at a 14 year old like, guy, that's not a cool thing. Like if you don't want to talk to the girls, but you're very interested in the girls, <laughs> it doesn't work out very good for you. Uh, so I just found myself that this thing one after the other, like I found myself excelling in the game. I was doing really well. I became more popular because like the athletic people are the popular people in a lot of cases in school. And not that that was what I was necessarily after, but I found that all of a sudden people were like, Jacob, we want you to come play. Like you're on our team in this mm. sport. Like, uh, and then I found like some of the guys on the other teams, like I, I went to Whitebridge and at Whitebridge there's kind of the guys that play for Central and the guys that play for Dudley. And all of a sudden the guys that are playing for Dudley, they'd beat us that the year before it. And they're like, come on, come over at our team. And I joined their team and, it really made my social circle so much bigger because I was uh, more confident, more athletic, mm. and I was able to bring out who I really felt was me was the biggest part of it. And then as part of that journey, I actually then went to, uh, and Jess and I are actually a really, really interested, interesting sort of couple in that. Like I describe us as like we're the modern day arranged marriage. But <laughs> Do you tell? So uh, Jess's uh, parents both worked with my dad. Uh, at Sandvik and they'd worked together for years and from like I think we would have been like nine or so when there'd be like the Christmas parties or whatever that uh, we they, they threw this huge Christmas party for all the kids like yeah. it was separate to the adults party and they'd bring them along they had like this, um, one of the guys dressed up as Santa and gave out all these presents and they were really fun days but that was actually where Jess and I met like was on these things so it was yeah, like gotcha. we'd see each other like once a year and we're kind of like oh hey like, like nervous kids and that yeah. sort of thing and then um, as we got older, our parents were closer, and then we ended up going on a trip to Bali together uh, as our families. And by the end of that trip, that we basically came home and uh, we started dating. And since then, it only just excelled and got better and better. And I really think that, like, I started training probably about a year before that. Uh-huh. So in that year, I think I was able to actually bring out myself and be yeah. confident. Like, I'm a little bit weird, like geeky and. But kind of, if you watch like the way that me and Jess screw around at home, like we do some weird shit, yeah. like, just playing around and being fun and playful. That's something that I was like, don't show that shit to girls. That's not yeah. cool. Uh, and then over the course of that trip, like, and uh, because I was more confident, I was more confident to talk to Jess. And off the back end of that, then I was like, oh, this girl seems to like me. And I was like, well, let's see what happens if I push the boundaries a little bit and be a little bit weird and geeky, geeky and thing and she responded really well to that and I was like this is actually paying off and all of a sudden we made this connection together that was not about me trying to be who but who I thought people wanted me to be mm-hmm. and I think that's really what what's been such a big thing with Jess and my relationship forever is it's always been that I could be uniquely myself yeah uh but I, I think a big part of that was that I started training yeah uh, and that was what got me to the point where I could take those steps forward uh and that's really where I got inspired to bring that to somebody else. Uh, if through just lifting weights and that sort of thing could change my life and bring out who I wanted, who I felt that I was, then, and there's a whole bunch of people, like that's a huge problem that we have, but I don't think a lot of people aren't willing to show that. They don't have the confidence to show that. But if something that's so trivial, like lifting weights and getting a little bit stronger and seeing yourself doing things that you could never do before, mm-hmm. uh, if that can bring that out in you, then what if I can help somebody on that process? It goes to show so much how how it's so interconnected, right? Like it's not just 
a matter of lifting weights or exercising. It's don't get me wrong, it's a great thing to do for your physical health and well-being regardless. But the ripple effect that comes off that, I mean, we look at your story um, romantically, socially, self-confidence and self-esteem-wise, career and business-wise in this sense, right? Like everything sort of, it does create this quite profound impact to a lot of different areas. I think you're right. There's so many people that just view them as these separate pursuits. Well, no, they're they're so closely linked. Um, How do you see that, that link? I'm curious. How do you see that link between mind and body coming up, A, in yourself, but B, in your clients as well? Yeah, I think for me, like, it started, I don't think it was like that I naturally thought that that's how yeah. it was. It's that you find out afterwards. Like, it's part of that, you start this thing, you go along this journey and you're like, oh shit, all this happened and I didn't realize that. Like, <laughs> so I was just going to lift weights so I could look good and be strong and that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm more confident. I'm, I can do this, I can do that. I believe in myself. Mm. Uh, and I think the belief's a huge thing. Uh, and that's really what carried me over towards training people. And, and really like the idea of being in service for other people has been something that like, I think was actually brought to me by my nan. My nan was like a really, really like, she was the most generous, like crazy person mm. like, ever. Like literally would do anything for any other person like before itself in all cases. So it was never anything that was that I'm going to do this because I get a benefit from this. Mm. Like it was, uh, she had this, uh, thing every year Christmas was like the biggest thing ever. So my, my grandparents uh, had a, well, still have their house in Gates. Had none passed away when uh, 2006 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but had this big house in Gateshead and every Christmas they would decorate it. Like it was, do you know, are you familiar with Graceland's, the uh, the house that had all the crazy like, yeah, lights yeah. and something? So like around Gateshead, it was known as like the Gateshead Graceland yeah. like, to all the kids and that sort of thing. And, and I've met people since that point that I never knew who they were that, like when I mentioned, it's like, oh, that was my grandparents' house. We used to go there every year. It was the coolest place ever. Like, and they had like one of their friends would come and dress up as Santa and give out lollies to all the kids. And my pop would take him on his golf cart. Pop loved golf and had his golf cart and he'd bring Santa around the street. And that sort of thing. It was super cool. But that was all Nan doing that for the community, for the kids, and never something that was uh, seen as like, oh, people will like me for that. But never cared about that. And, the one really big thing that uh, had come up a lot when I was thinking about coming coming in here and what got me into the point of wanting to do things for other people, not for myself, mm. was the day before my nan passed away, uh, and I think I was 13 at the time, we got called out of school because it got to the point where it was like she doesn't have one left. And we got back to my nan's place and everyone walked in, walked in through the doors and went to the right where the rest of the family was. I walked in and went over to the left to the bedroom and I was laying in a, and I sat down next to her and I started crying and she was sleeping. I, I actually thought she was dead at that point. And mm. I was like, oh no, she's gone. And then all of a sudden she looked over and was calling out to me, like Jake. And then she started crying. And it was a moment that at the point I didn't realize like how influential it was for me, mm. but there was my nan on a deathbed. And the only thing that upset her was that her going was going to upset us and was going to hurt us. Mm. Like everything that she did in her her whole life was for her kids and grandkids. And then going from that point, that meant to me that I was like, I think now is like why I'm so putting other people first. And like Jess gets up me all the time about this. Actually, I'll be at like somebody messages me needing something like 9.30 at night. She's like, I'm late to the morning. I'm like, I need to do it now. Like I'm ready to do this now. I'm in the mindset that I'm getting... 
I'm giving in this moment and I'm just doing it. And that's probably one of my uh, worst qualities, I guess, for my own time and my own headspace is being able to, like spending that time on other people. I suppose that's the classic, our greatest strengths can also be our greatest limitations, right? Yeah. Our greatest strengths is how caring and giving and in service you are to others. Thanks to that beautiful lesson that was you know, passed down to you from your net. It's, it's an amazing strength and a beautiful quality. I suppose the, the answer is if we don't know how to put boundaries and limitations around it, it can be a matter of give, 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 give. Oh, there's nothing left yeah. for me. And, and, oh, mate, uh, and that's it. That's the, uh, when you get to the end of the night after a full day where you've been coaching mm. all day and giving so much, like, get home, you're like, I don't want to cook dinner, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. Just let me sit down and watch Netflix and go to bed. Yeah, yeah. But I know that you do give back to yourself and look after yourself quite a bit, not just physically, but also you've got things that are, you know, passions and interests for you. Yeah. Um, one of which obviously being powerlifting and strengthlifting. And I, I think there's a congratulations in order in that. It's recently, wasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, June long weekend. Yeah, yeah. Weekend I was going to say. So, yeah. So, June long weekend, you became New South Wales' strongest man under 90 kilos. Yeah. In, um, in strongman, which is like there's obviously a few different boundaries yep. uh, of like what, uh, what sports and that are in there. But, yeah, yeah. strongman, uh, which is pretty crazy now that I think about it. Uh, yeah. To be a state champion or to have that title. Run me amazing. through the feeling when you find out that, that you win. Because I watched some of the events that were, I think just shared them on Facebook. There were some mental, mental things in there, like crazy um, lifts and, and just the grit and determination to keep going in it. Now, I saw that you came into this final couple of events. You were like up on the high end of the leaderboard already, like that first, second place and sort of competing. But run me through the moment when you find out, holy shit, like yeah. I've done it. Yeah, uh, well, I guess the big thing with like going going back even before that is like a conversation. So I hired a, a coach for strongman, uh, a guy named Brad Soper, mm-hmm. uh, that's like one of the smartest, most switched on guys, was one of the most, most athletic guys uh, in the sport of strongman. And uh, he passed away before one of like before I went to the Arnold's competition, which is yeah. kind of the biggest competition earlier in the year. And but a few weeks before that, we were having a conversation about going to New South Wales strongest man and. Uh, He'd been the guy that had been like right up there every year and pipped off every year by like somebody had come down into a, into the weight class to win it. And uh, for whatever reason, he just couldn't get that number one. And he's like, I really think this is my year, man. I think this, well, I'll be trying, trying to take points away from you for sure. But don't be taking points away from me. Like I need him. I need to win. And then uh, in the, not long after that, he passed away. Yeah. And I had a message from another guy that was friends with both of us. Uh, and he'd recently given up the sport as well. And he was, right up there, one of the top guys. And, and he messaged me, he's like, you need to win this for Brad. Uh, and so we were in the lead up going into, into the competition. And I remember the last event was the Stones. And the Stones are one that has given me a bit of trouble. Like and I'm not the most consistent on it. I hadn't had the technique dialed. And going into the last event, we had, I was one point up. But the way that it had fallen, there was that if I didn't beat the guy who was behind me, mm-hmm. Uh, he would have won. So I had to beat him. And we go in, there was four other guys in the weight class at this point. So the most that I'd done in training was 120 kilo stone over a 1.3 meter bar, as many reps you could in a minute. Uh, and the most that I'd done in training was four. The first guy goes, he gets six. Like, <laughs> like, this is not good. And then the next guy goes, he got six. The next guy goes, he got six. The last guy to go before me. And he's the guy who's one place behind me at this point, he gets six as well. So it was basically in that moment, I was like, I either need to win this and get like equal, equal to them, which is already a PB by two reps. Yeah. 
or I'm in second place. Yeah. Uh, and I remember like thinking about it. And I was like, well, I got to do this for Brad now. Like this yeah. is an important moment and I need to exceed what I've been able to do in the gym by a long shot. Uh, so I got there in front of it and tacking my way up. Like if anyone like hasn't seen Strongman, when you see the stones, there's actually like a sticky substance that you use to help you grip it because mm-hmm. otherwise it just slips out of your hands a lot of the time. Yeah. And I was like, all right, six is six gets me equal, which gets, uh, and I'll win on points. So went in there and everything just started sinking. Like I actually kind of forget a little bit about it. Yeah. Like of up until I remember the six one going over and I was like, that's, that's a win. And I still had time. And I picked up the next one and got the seventh one. And I was like, I've won the stones. I've, like, I've won the competition. I, I, this is it. And then people are still yelling at me. There's still time left. And there was just enough time for me to get the stone up again. And then yelling at me, screaming. I was like, oh, I got to do this. Like, go for it. And how it works is if you pick the stone up before the time limit and it's off the ground, the time goes off, then you get to finish that one. So I'm sitting there on my lap and I'm like, I already won this. This is so great. And then everyone's screaming, had the whole crowd going, big drive up, got it up and over. And, uh, Dropped it on the other side for eight reps and double what I'd done in training. Wow. And I was just like, this is real. Like, I actually won the competition. Like, I was in shock, actually. Like, I was like, uh, I I was semi-confident going in, but getting to that point and knowing that, like, I needed to do so well on the last one, like, Mm. I thought I was going to lose that. Mm. And then to take that out to uh, win it for a guy that had taught so much to me in in the small time that we worked together was uh, pretty special. Yeah, and it's interesting that you mentioned that you sort of forget quite a bit. I've heard that happens quite a lot, you know, when athletes are really performing at their peak. Um, you know, they're interviewed afterwards. It's like, you know, how'd you feel during the game? What can you tell us about the game? They're like, uh, <laughs> not much, right? Because <laughs> that's just that full flow experience, right? Like mind and body just so connected, I think in your sense, the why and the drive and the reason behind performing at your peak mattered so much. And I'm seeing that come up as a consistent theme which I kind of want to dial into this idea of it's about more than just you know the, the behavior or the act like at the start you know when you first started getting into exercise I was like yeah I'm lifting weights but it's about more than just lifting weights when you know you're opening new strength and you're doing stuff there it's about more than just new strength in the business it's about the impact it's making and you know the conversations you can have as a result you spoke about in that case it was about more than just getting the stone up and over the bar six or more times Right, it, it matters about something more than itself. Where do you think that comes from for you? Um, that perspective, because a lot of people don't have it or they haven't trained it to look at that. This matters more than just the act. Yeah, I, I don't know whether there's this particular moment that comes to mind mm. uh, for that specifically, but I guess it was just something that I always just naturally connected in, in some way. Like it was not the doing thing, it was what was behind that. Like, yeah. That's, I guess the same as like, I think maybe training in itself has taught that because if you go through it, like so many people are like, oh, I'm going to train because I want to lose 10 kilos. And then once that's done, then it's like, oh, well, I don't need training anymore. First, mm. uh, when for me training is like, oh, I'm going to train because I enjoy it. Mm. But I've also got these goals to work towards and they kind of don't stop. Mm. Uh, like I was talking to Jess yesterday about like, I'd always said for so long that I was like, as soon as I do a 300 kilo deadlift, the dog gets hung up and I don't push it anymore. And like, I don't want to, that sort of toll on my body and the, what's required to get to that. I was like, no, I'm not interested in that. And then now like I'm feeling myself getting closer and closer. I'm like, hmm, well, what if I could do more? Mm. But, and 
I guess the biggest thing with training was that like, because I saw that it was, as I got better at this, everything else changed that I, I feel like for in the case of like connect, making connections to everything else is like, well, if I know that like there's a ripple effect off the back end of just doing the process and taking action, then putting more things behind every piece of the step is going to help one tie you into actually getting towards that result. But two, like you don't know where that impact is going to come up. Yeah. But as I said before about, uh, with Nan making me like somebody who's so focused on giving to other people and uh, devoting my time there in service of people, like I didn't know that's what what was going to happen from there. But I was just a kid that was around a really, really amazing person, and that's what came from that. And so, like, not only is there like the things that are behind that moment, but you don't know what the things in front of that moment that you're going to come back to that from. Are. Uh, and I, I think that's a something that I've always sort of gone from more if I can do this and this comes off, what's next? And I think that belief like just gets driven. Like it's, it's like it stacks on top of itself. As soon as you go through that one, that first moment is like, Oh, look what I can do now. And I think this is the the thing that inspires me like with training. Like I actually had a young girl that she's actually competing in one of our our novice strongman comps coming up. And she's actually the one person that I didn't think was going to like, when we were putting it out there, I'm like, Hey, we're going to run this. We'd love for some people to join. But, She's probably not going to be one of the people that is going to sign up to do this. She was the first person to put the uh, registration form in. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> uh, and then we were training the other day, and like for the girls getting started, we don't use actual stones, like, uh, but we use like the heavier dead balls. And she got like the 50 kilo dead ball out in front, and she was trying to get it over the bar. So like, no chance I could do this. Like, she hadn't done the 40 before that day. She'd only done like a 30 or whatever. And then she blitzed the 40, and she's like, I can't do the 50. Before we knew it, like by the end of that session, she'd done the 50 a couple of times and only a short girl and got it up like right up to like her shoulder height and over it. And you can see as soon as that like rolled over the edge and she knew she, she'd done it, she was like, look at me. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I can't believe this. This is amazing. And those are the things there that are like so special because I know that she's going to go back and there's going to be something else where she didn't believe that she could do it because of those moments she's going to have the confidence now to at least give it a crack. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing with training that, re- that I really love more than anything. Uh, taking somebody who doesn't realize what their real potential is and knowing that, like, I know when I see somebody training, I know what they can do. I know what we can build them up to what they can do. But they don't, they don't know that. They don't think that. And because I know, I know the process of getting them there, I can help them get there in the process of that. Mm. They have this transformation of going, oh, well, I didn't think I could lift a hundred kilo deadlift. Like we got like a list of like 20 something girls on that, on that board now. And like, well, for the guys that aren't, that haven't seen the gym, like we have a fridge that says like hundred kilo deadlift club for the girls. And there is like a ridiculous number of girls on there. And most of them, when they're walking the gyms, I'll never be on that. And now they, they've got that, like, we've got a girl that's going to do 150 next oh, this week. Burgers, Beers, and Douglas is this Friday night. I'm so pumped yeah. up for it. But these people, like, are coming in with not much belief for what they are what they can do. And within, like, six months or so or 12 months, just being around that environment, helping them see more within their physical self, they're going and taking on more things in their careers, in their relationships that they never thought that, that they would do or possible for themselves. And, yeah. That's the thing that's so special to me. And it trains a lifelong skill. 
Yeah. And you mentioned you're seeing more in their physical self. I imagine straight away that ripples out to seeing more in themselves as a whole in every aspect of their life, which is ridiculously powerful. Like the, the ripple effect and the impact and difference that makes is incredible because you're right when you say, you know, we can't really, I'm reminded of when you were talking that I was reminded of the Steve Jobs quote, we can't connect the dots of life looking forward. We can only connect them looking back. That's Yeah. So they have no idea what's going to come off this. That who knows, maybe 10 years from now, they, they're resilient in the face of a change or they doubt themselves and have that moment to go, well, hang on, I used to doubt that I could you know, do a 100 kilo deadlift and then look what happened. And they could reflect back on that and go, maybe, just maybe. And as you said, you know, whether they get it or not, the important thing is they have enough self-belief to go, screw it, let's give it a go, yeah. let's try. Uh, what's the worst that's going to happen? I think that, that inherent skill and that life skill that's being developed there is worth so much um, to each and every person, which is absolutely amazing. I think what you're doing is incredible. Like it, it's, it's needed more. And we talk a lot about at BU, you know, our vision of positively impacting a trillion lives, starting with self. I think your story is such a good example of that, mate, because it was starting with self. It was let's look after myself. Let's build my well-being, And then how can I use this to be of service to others? How can I help other people make a difference? And man, I wish we could keep going because I'm, oh, I'm loving what's coming up from this. There's so much depth and, and, um, yeah, profound lessons in there. If uh, you were to condense it for us, for people who are listening, who are like, man, like I, I get this. This guy's talking to me. Like I, I know where his head's at. Uh, what would you say are people's sort of first baby steps? Because I think what happens a lot is people consume a lot of books or they listen to a lot of podcasts and they get all inspired, but they don't do anything with it. So we always ask our guest experts and our, our guest speakers, what are three things you'd recommend? Um the first bit is definitely finding somebody that can take you there. Like it mm. doesn't need to be necessarily a coach like myself, mm. but if you've got like your cousin or your uncle or something like that that's into training or has been through that journey themselves, uh, as, as we just said before with the Steve Jobs quote, you can't track what's in front of you. Yep. You don't know what that process is going to be like, but if you can find somebody that's been through there, they can navigate it a little bit clearer for you. Like I started training when I was 13, I'm 26 now. Yeah. Uh, and I, most people would say I'm pretty strong, but I look at myself and I'm like, 13 years, like I haven't gone that far. <laughs> and then like we start seeing these guys that have been training with us for six months and they're doing stuff that I didn't do for five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I definitely feel like having direction and guidance in that process and somebody to just be a level head for you for when you do have those emotional days of like, hey, it didn't, uh, I worked so hard and I tried, like I jumped on the scales and it didn't go in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But and then navigating that because most like psychologically we're then ingrained to then freak out about it. Yeah. But the people that have been through the process that have already connected those dots, like it's no big deal. Like yeah, it yeah. happens. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's the first bit. Yeah. Like finding somebody to guide you there is a huge thing. And, and that's been a consistent thing for me in my own life has been mm. having mentors in that process. Uh, whether it be people like Brad, whether it was my nan when I was young or like I, I have a footy coach that I remember like so many lessons, like, he just taught us about doing the work. Mm. Uh, he just made us run way too much. But yeah. like, I was just so, I was like, and we were like not a naturally good, um, like we weren't the most skillful team. Yeah. But we were the team that worked the hardest. Yeah. And yeah. We were playing against the guys that were playing in the junior nights and some of the guys that went on to like have a game or two in the NRL and that sort of thing. Yeah. And we didn't end up winning the grand final that year, but yep. we were right up there against guys that we were like, we have no business yeah, yeah. being here because yep. we put in the work. And that was something that Ant really instilled in us. So, I think having a mentor is so important in that process. Definitely. Whatever it might be in life, I think having somebody there to guide you through is so important. Definitely. But we all have parents and they're there for that reason. Yep. Uh, the second piece is like 
like within exercise, and this is probably my little gripe, is like everyone's connected to exercise for calorie burning. Mm. You, if that's your sole purpose of exercise, we miss out on this whole stuff that we talked about today. All the ripple, right? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, at the end of the day, like, calorie burning, you can do that anywhere else. Like, yeah. It's easier to actually not eat like 200 calories of food than yeah. to exercise off 200 calories. Yeah. Uh, so like engaging in the process of what's happening in training is something that then really bring, that's what brings out the best in you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, if you can find that piece that kicks, uh, like, kicks over for you and makes you really want to do it, find that bit that like the mastery piece like we're both friends with rod and rods like trains and doing these funky things and like i try to like do stuff with him every now and then and i'm just like like i give up now i can't do this stuff but like he's so focused on like developing mastery and all these things mm. and, and it's so cool what he's doing with tmc because it inspires people to do the same thing mm. and they're all focused on the movements that they're trying to master they're getting their muscle ups getting their like aerials and that's mm. thing not many of them are actually thinking about oh, how many calories that I've got. Exactly. Yeah. And in getting those, getting to those points where you do your first muscle up, they're the moments that like are making people like you see the videos, people get it, they're so excited, they're yeah, pumped yeah. up, they like jump off the rings, nearly like ax themselves coming down. <laughs> but those are the things that like getting through that process mm. is what teaches you those other lessons. Yeah, yeah. Just jumping in and going, I'm gonna sweat out a session on the assault bike. Yeah, there's not as much there. Like, yeah. there's still definitely some resiliency that you build from it, but not to the same degree of transformation that's on that other side of training. Yeah, yeah. and that's really the most powerful stuff for me. Hundred percent, hundred percent. If I was to push you for a third one, you've got about sixty seconds left. So if you're going to hit me with a, a one line takeaway, what might it be? Find a place that inspires you. Oh, I love that. Oh man, what a what a powerful. I mean, so to recap the three, uh, find someone who can mentor and show the way fall in love with the process and, and find a place that inspires you. Exactly. Man, I love that. Thank you so much for coming on again, man. I really appreciate it. I know people are going to get so much value out of this episode, um, especially because it's not only going to be on the podcast, but also one of our YouTube ones as well. Uh, people who do want to connect with you more or speaking of finding the right mentor and falling in love with the process and being finding somewhere that you fall in love with the tribe there and the, the community and culture, how can they reach out and connect with you guys at New Strength? Uh, just search New Strength on Facebook. I think on Instagram, I'm under New Strength HQ. Um, and that's pretty much the best place. Man, I love it. Thank you so much again. I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your knowledge and, and you being open and nice and sharing your story with us. There's so much value in this episode. Thank you, man. It's been great. What an amazing episode with Jacob. I'm always so grateful to the guest experts who come on board and volunteer their time to give back to you guys and give back to this podcast and make a difference. Now, you may not know this, but we are a completely independent podcast. It means for the whole time we've been doing this, we've never had any financial support. We've never had any companies come on and pay for it. Uh, We do all of this because we believe having these conversations and spreading these messages makes a difference and it makes an impact on a global level. So I'm always so grateful each week when I see positive reviews of the podcast. It means the world to me when I see the people are listening to it. So please, 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 whatever you're listening on at the moment, or if you're watching this interview on YouTube, make sure you click that subscribe button, make sure you share it with your friends and family, and make sure you help us spread this ripple effect of positive change. Because remember, it starts with self. It starts with you listening to these podcast interviews but then it spreads by you going out and sharing those messages. So make sure you do that. 
And as always, if you do want to take your next steps in your own mindset and emotional well-being, make sure you reach out and connect with us. You can join the BU community in our Facebook group. It is free to join. You can connect with other like-minded people. Or you can jump onto our website. There's amazing goodies there. Just search for bucoaching.org. And make sure you also reach out and connect with our guest experts as well. I know the guys at New Strength would love to connect with you and see you there. Make sure you reach out to them as well. Jacob and Nathan are both incredible people and the impact and community that they have built really is making a difference. Once again, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for choosing to spend your time with us today. I really appreciate it. Until the next time we speak, make an impact, start with self and be you.